time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Come one, come all, to the 2021 Chunky Awards, hosted by none other than none other than other by none other than <laughs> in true Yum Chunks fashion. Here we are. Welcome to the night, the 1990 episode 94 of the Chunkies of 2021. It has been a while since we've done this, and you know what? I thought I would just go for it, and that didn't work at all. <laughs> With us today, uh, to help me look back on the year 2021, here in uh, late March of 2022, um, timely as always, we have uh, Sean Davis. I'm here. We needed that time to let it just like percolate, ruminate, you know, to think about what we've done. We have... <laughs> That's always the case. We need to think yeah. about what we've done. Right. We were, in fact, in timeout. Speaking of timeout, we have Ryan Davis here today. Oh, am I still in timeout? Ryan, you know what you did. Oh, I'll keep thinking about what I did. Yeah, put your nose in the corner. <laughs> Don't smell so good over there. <laughs> oh, Joke's on that? you, I love the smell of lacquer. <laughs> I'm kidding. Or oh, just cor- corners in general. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well... Uh, as I mentioned, um, yeah, we're we're a few months late on this, uh, but we, we had a we had a bit of a, a hiatus, planned, unplanned, who knows? I'll never tell. Um, but uh, here we are. We're picking it back up, and today is the day where we just get this episode out of the way. So here, here we are. Here we are to do so. Look back at some highlights and some lowlights and just some lights from the year 2021. Um, and we're going to be talking about our favorite movies, our favorite types of movies, our favorite genres of movies, <laughs> our favorite other types of media, things that weren't our favorite, things that were bad. Spoiler alert, there were a lot of them, at least in my opinion. But before we do that, let's uh, let's we're going to in, in lieu of our normal uh, sharing around the chunk fire, um, which we will we will return to very shortly. Um in the next episode, which probably won't be another three months away. Um, in lieu of that, we are going to uh, talk about some just highlights of just doing this podcast for a, uh, what will be our th- the, the uh, our third season. We are as we finish our third season of after the credits. Sean, why don't you why don't you take it away? Roll the play yep. the play the montage. Play this the is, clip. Yeah, this is like the lifetime achievement award montage during the part of the show. Um, first off, I want to correct you. It's our fourth season. We just We're, finished our fourth season. We started this podcast in 2018. So, we are, oh really? Uh-huh. This oh, this is that what we have concluded. Season four has been concluded with a you know riveting climax. Uh, wow, we're starting season five now. These chunkies will kick us off. That um, doesn't sound right at all. But okay, I trust you. <laughs> Most of <laughs> I, what we say doesn't sound right. I, Sometimes it is though. Weirdly. Um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, just some little bit of start the cast off with a you know some fun navel gazing of what we've done this year as a as after the credits as as yum chunks. Um, 
coming here live from the Walt Disney Concert Hall in LA. It's where these awards are being presented, by the way. Um, first off, this was our most uh, prolific year yet. We had 31 episodes this year. Wow. Which was more than any other year. I think the second most, or before that, was 25 episodes. And so um, we were really kicking them out last year. And that includes some of our longest episodes ever as well. While we don't, our, la- our longest episode was not from last year. Anyone guess what episode that was? Not uh-huh. last year. Hmm. Give you a hint, Chewie, you were not on it. Oh, well, that that doesn't narrow it down at all. Oh, was it like, uh, I don't know, like the Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, it was like a video game one? Okay. All right, well, I mean, I'm cheating. I'm scrolling through our Spotify (laughs) right now, and I'm I'm frantically trying to find... It was only our longest by, uh, like, two minutes, though. Um, Goodness. Well, it's widely regarded as one of the best episodes ever a fan favorite in all corners the game of thrones season uh, series finale episode is our longest episode ever that was from, oh wow okay yeah, a couple years ago but that was by far at the time our longest episode however this season we had um i think five episodes over two hours three episodes very close to that the, the long, game of thrones episode was two hours and 31 minutes from this last season we had our second longest episode ever, which was our Eternals episode, was two hours and 28 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, and then our third longest episode ever was two hours and 28 minutes and 15 seconds, which was Spider-Man No Way Home. So, How did we have that much to talk about with Eternals? I was well, we also had that. Brian on the cast, which brings another oh. kind of... Oh, yes. So yes. it was our first... First non-Yum Chunker guest on the cast this year. So that was fun. That was, you know, breaking new ground there. Yeah, Brian, if you're listening, thanks again for doing that. You're, you are welcome to come back uh, on another time if you want. Yeah. No, absolutely. no more than that. Just one more. <laughs> Just one more time. <laughs> Everybody I gets one. Down, I wrote down Eternals as uh, probably my, one of my favorite episodes this season because of uh, him. Uh, he, I think he brought a lot that we weren't already bringing. Yeah, I agree. If uh, I, I didn't write, I didn't like rank our favorite, my favorite episodes, but that was definitely one in the top as well. I just have fond memories of that. It was a lot of fun having him here, um, and the discussion. I just liked our discussion overall. I thought that was a great episode. Um, yeah. In general, the longer episodes, as much as they were long, they also I think did provoke some good conversations. Um, obviously we all like spider-man that was a fun discussion another one that wasn't quite as long but was still getting up there was the space jam episode which was also one of my favorite episodes because yes <laughs> we just well, also all over the we were all over of, the place yeah yeah it become kind of one of our most famous episodes because we <laughs> love bringing up how much sean hates space jam too uh Likewise with like Loki. Um, anyways, there was a, yeah, so there yeah. was we had a lot of episodes, a lot of good discussions. Um, and, if I may, if I yeah. may bring up one of my favorite personal yeah. favorite episodes, it was uh, episode seventy, Godzilla versus Kong. Um, <laughs> that was a good just one. because that movie was so ridiculous. That yeah. I had so much fun talking about that movie. But anyway, yeah, absolutely, you, Sean. Great. Um, well, yeah, so in terms of kind of you know stats, that's what we got. But a couple other things that were kind of fun we visited this year. We had. Obviously, a lot of our uh, media we consume were in chunk fire, but some other very important topics of conversation that we were willing to tackle here on uh, after the credits is ravioli, 
We had a really couple, you know, riveting discussions about Riavioli. It was the debut of the world-shattering, ground-baking uh, Ranky app or Ranker or the Rankening or Rank Book or <laughs> it's Ranky. Ranklin. Oops, I sprained my rankle. Whatever yeah. it is, it debuted the last year, 2021. That's right. Um, we had you know a lot of concerts people went to, live shows. Um, Ryan almost died in Hawaii, a couple film festivals. So yeah, it was a fun year and in 2021 after the credits, um, podcasting fun. It was great times. What a great, what a, just what a, there you go. Yeah, it was, it was great. And actually, uh, that, that Matt, you brought up the King Kong episode and Sean, you brought up me almost dying in Hawaii and it's great because while I was hiking in Hawaii, I was listening to our podcast of King Kong. So amazing! It's pretty great. Can can someone Perfect. remind me the context of the ravioli bit? Because I remember listening to it, like rewinding it and listening to that bit again. I wanted to make a video uh, based on that, and I might yes. still do it. What was? I, I don't know that there was context. There I think was. I just there decided was... to start saying things. There what? totally was context, and the funny thing was, it wrapped back around and made it sense. Did. Again. It did. It it was it was like some like brilliant screenwriter had written a script for us, and that was our cast. Uh, I want it was. I don't remember the context. Well, because I'm also remembering, didn't I have an idea to make like spaghetti sliders or something? Yes, it was what something. Was, oh, it, it didn't start. It was unrelated. From, but... It started with popcorn. We were talking about theater popcorn, right? And like having popcorn something about popcorn turned into spaghetti sliders and it was like walking tacos with popcorn remember i don't think that's true at all (laughs) (laughs) okay i want to say should we have done uh, our research before this episode no yeah (laughs) yeah, but we never will and that's part of the charm of us yeah it is what about this you guys what about peanut butter popcorn That, Mm. that exists does it, it does like caramel I've, corn. Kind even of no, even the popcornopolis. I've never seen that flavor. They have it because oh. you know there's like a there's a there's like a a peanut butter sauce that exists. You know they they have it at like ice cream shops in the in the little mustard squeezer, just like they have the chocolate sauce and the caramel sauce. They have a peanut butter sauce and and that's what I think they use popcornopolis. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but I I'm I think. Probably Sean wrote the spaghetti slider ravioli conversation, like mentioned it in one of these episode descriptions, and I'm going to find that it. That is, uh, yeah, and I don't remember the context because in these episode descriptions, I rarely, if ever, include context anyway, so. All right. Anyways, I wonder if I search yeah. Yum Chumps Spaghetti on <laughs> Spotify if it'll come up. If it'll come up. Let's see. Couldn't find Yum Chumps Spaghetti. Oh. We bested Google. It's impressive. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, what else? You're doing, um, you're doing great, Sean. <laughs> oh, well, that, okay. So the, the ravioli, ravioli episode was from our the suicide, suicide Squad episode. That doesn't help with the context of why, though. But there you go. It's from the Suicide Squad, so. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, tell us about why we were talking about ravioli. <laughs> Do the research for us. We're crowdsourcing this research. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, nothing more specific, but just, uh, yeah, look back, appreciate what we've come. It was a big year for After the Credits, and I mean that in almost the literal sense. It was the most stuff we put out yet, so. 
There you go. <sighs> yeah, agreed. I, I think it was a great year, and I think um, every year we we just get more intelligent about our discussion. Exactly. We just find the stuff. We're like chiseling down this sculpture into a, just a beautiful piece of art. Just so intelligent. Just, <laughs> We're just, just so three, intelligent. Just three middle-aged American guys podcasting just with the, all the confidence and just, we just know everything, mm-hmm. don't we, guys? We we really do. Except for what we don't know. Which is why we were talking about ravioli. I mean, you guys you guys saw the SNL podcast playset uh, sketch, right? Is it the one about the dad? Starting a podcast with your dad? No, it's the oh. one where the wife buys a husband, like the Fisher Price, like podcast. Oh no, I, set. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that either. And, uh, yeah, sure. so go watch that, uh, yeah, and I'm then and that. then tell me how you feel. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I had to take a long, hard look at myself <laughs> in the mirror. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah. so all right, well, yeah, cool, good stuff, good stuff, y'all. I mean, at the end of the day, I like doing this because it's a it's a it's a nice way to 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 keep up the after the credits banter. That you know, after we all stopped working at the the local movie theater, you know, and in it was normal for us to uh, just hang out in the theater lobby after the credits and talk for hours, even though that was our workplace and that we used to call that violating the prime directive. <laughs> that's true i came which up was that. you came up with that and and at the point at that at that point in time i had never seen star trek so i didn't oh really get the joke but oh, but right. i remember i remember it was the prime directive is don't spend more time at your workplace than absolutely necessary but <laughs> yep. but given that we worked at a movie theater and we got as many free movies as we wanted at the time we spent a lot of time there so uh, you know, back in the day, we used to discourage ourselves from staying after the credits, and now it's it's a uh, well, it it's it's it, it would be nice to have some of those days back, wouldn't it? Sure would. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm glad that we're doing this, and that's the podcast, everyone. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> and the chunky goes to the listeners, the true winners. Yes. <laughs> The the award for mis- most disappointing moment of 2021 was anytime anyone was all listening. 31 episodes of After the Credits. <laughs> yeah, we won. We won 31 chunkies. Dang, we're good. See, we are good. See, yeah, we're moving on up in the world. Anyway, is it is it troubling when our highest ranked episode is our April Fool's episode of Zack Snyder's Justice League? Justice is gray. Is it really? No, I'm making that up. But oh, okay. I, I would <laughs> that, believe that would it. be sort of proud, a proud moment because that means that's how many people we trolled. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, uh, we'll never troll as many people as the year that we I I, I photoshopped a fake uh, headline announcing uh, a new season of Legend of Korra and and, <laughs> yeah. and floated it around and Tumblr. Then, yes, and I and I linked it to the video test from Mr. Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Wake me up! Yes, I, I had Wake a click, click here to click, click here to read more at the bottom of the thumbnail that linked to that video. So that video has several more thousand views. I mean, when we found it, it only had a couple yeah. hundred, and now it's in thousands because we disappointed all the kiddies of the world into thinking another season of Legend of Korra was coming. Um, that's we're never going to top that prank. Nope. Um, nah. At any rate, 
Um, okay, so should we get this? Should we yeah. start handing out some trophies? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. Get these you know beautiful statues out there. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start by I'm just gonna go down the list. Is that fine? I'm gonna, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, I, I might I might uh I might rearrange a couple of them as I see fit since you gave me hosting duties and that's, and, that's I, and, I, and I'm yeah I'm all I'm all out of jokes. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully the ones that I had landed and you were satisfied with them all, listeners, because. That's as much after effort the as intro. Can... The host is not required. Like you know, you get the jokes. Tina Fey, Billy Crystal, whoever. They, it's the opening of the and show. After that, they're just like whatever. They they're kind of just gradually fade away. And like, wait, was there someone running this thing? <laughs> right. They might run back on stage at the yeah. very end to say, "Have a good night, folks," because the yeah. show is running running long. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony um, Hopkins is not here to accept his word. Good night. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. So let's kick this off with just three general in general favorite moments from the year. Um, or, you know, what? I'm not even going to say numbers because we had a long conversation about how many numbers of each things we should pick yeah. and we never came to a conclusion. So let's talk about some of our favorite moments in, in media yes. and entertainment from the year. And should we have an order to this? Who would like to yeah. go first? Um, I could start and then Ryan or you could go next and then we'll just go through that cycle. Sean, me, Sounds Ryan. Great. There you go. Got Sean, it. kick it cool. off. So my number three favorite moment, and moment we mean anything, any like a specific scene, a feeling, whatever it is. Uh, my number three is the um, scene in Spider-Man No Way Home near the end. I mean, basically, the moment is the whole third act of that movie. Um, but <laughs> specifically, the act where the scene where... They're on the Statue of Liberty, and they're kind of setting up their plan, and it's just the three Spider-Man riffing and talking, and yeah, yeah, it's just I, I don't think I will ever tire of anytime I feel cynical and just like ugh, media is stupid, like we've been talking about media is awful and stuff. I I know I will watch that scene and never not have a smile on my face, like a big dumb idiot, because. I love that full third act, and that scene specifically, I think, kind of like encapsulates it. So, Grant, Chewie, what'd you got? Oh, I didn't know we were going back all the way. Okay, um, well, I crossed a bucket list, a couple of bucket list items off my list this year, but I got to see Earth, Wind, and Fire <coughs> live, nice. and that was great. Did not disappoint. <coughs> um, I'm getting choked up thinking. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna need to cut some of this out. Do we need to call Maeve to do Heimlich on you? I just choked on a pillow mint. Um, I'm I'm alive though. I just have full Good. of my eyes are full of tears. Starting um, off 2022, right? Yeah, starting off on March 22nd. <laughs> yes, on March 20th. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was great, Ryan. Oh, um, it is uh, returning. Just the general idea of returning to watching and enjoying things with friends specifically i watched mortal Kombat with friends and i watched dear evan hansen with you two friends and those were some of the best uh oh. certainly the best movie even though both those movies are pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> they were a, a, a complete joy to to watch uh Great. Partly because they were bad, but mostly because they were with friends. God, bad movies, oh, all movies, but bad yeah. movies especially are so much better when you watch them yeah. with friends. Yeah. yeah. I did have Dear Evan Hansen written down and someone else like, man, I'm so I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah, it deserved mentioning. 
Um, cool. Well, okay. So next on my list is um, scene in Wandavision. I think we all know what we're talking. What I'm talking about. I think it's the end of episode four. Maybe it's episode five. But basically, the last shot of the episode when Evan Peters as Quicksilver shows up on Wanda's doorstep. Um, again, I'm taking this scene in isolation, pretending I don't know what the rest of the world uh, and life has in store for me. But like you, like you ain't never heard the word, the name Ralph Boner. Like I have never exactly. <laughs> like I have no idea who that is. That scene, that feeling for. Well, one that whole I was watching it with a friend, my friend Sam, who I don't, I think both you know, but Ryan and I know, and yep. we, I, it was blowing my mind. I did, I was like, oh my god, I, I can't fathom, I cannot process what just happened, and just for weeks being so excited in a way that television had not excited me for a long, long, long time. So yeah, that's my number two. Great. Oh, Chew right. Uh, <laughs> um. Nightmare Before Christmas Live with Danny Elfman, Billie mm-hmm. Eilish, Weird Al, Paul Rubens, and then an encore of uh, Dead Man's Party performed by Danny Elfman live in the flesh at a gigantic Superdome-type venue where everybody's dressed up in Nightmare cosplay, uh, then followed by going to a witch-themed interactive multimedia bar on Halloween night. Wow, what a good Halloween. Best Halloween I've had in years. Not a very different from I used to go hard on Halloween in my 20s, mm-hmm. we all did, and but and kind of slowed down as I as we started getting older, and this was a very different type of Halloween that I spent with my wife and what a what a great night we had. There, there we go. All right, next. Um, this one's kind of a weird one, but just, uh, getting reacquainted with my old friend Mario. Mario! Super Super Mario, that is. (laughs) I played, like, ten different Mario games. Mario 64, Galaxy Sunshine, Deluxe, 3D World, Bowser's Fury, uh, Odyssey, Paper Mario, the Toad game, kind of counts. Um, started playing Rabid Mario thing. So yeah, just uh, get oh, yeah. reacquainted with an old buddy. Yeah, you yes. know what I, did? I I had the same experience, and um, I was just recently listening to our uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home episode, and at that point you had not played Odyssey yet, and I was recommending. I said you got to play Odyssey; it's fantastic. So I'm glad to hear that you have. Did you finish it? Yep, got all thousand stars. Wow, that's or moons, whatever. That's a, uh, that's overwhelming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun to like live through them vicariously again as you were like borrowing my Switch games and just like, oh, you played, oh, yeah, yeah, it was fun. It's great sharing things like that. Well, yeah, Mario, Mario's been on a, it's a, it's, a, I think it's a, like a golden age of Mario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and just a little side note, I think I have a renewed appreciation for Sunshine. Um, I think after having played this large gamut of Mario games, I think I have a new appreciation for it. And I think everybody's allowed to like a few bad things. <laughs> Fair enough. And I can't wait for the age, the golden age of Mario, to end when uh, Chris Pratt voicing Mario on the Marvel movie comes out. Yeah, well, I can't wait till the special had... editions of all the Mario games where they dub in Chris Pratt's voice over Charles oh Martinet. Yes, we are. Oh, we are. We are truly entering a new <laughs> age of Mario. No, but on the on the, the on age. the on the related note, the, the very soon Super Mario World at Universal Studios That's true. is going to yeah. be opening, mm-hmm. and That's right. uh, yeah. that'll be great. That'll be yeah. that'll be yeah. great. Um, 
So, uh, yeah. All right. What's next? Who's the... Sean? Uh, it's moi. Uh, my number one, so kind of moment from the year was, and this is specific to me, but um, the film that I co-wrote and helped make, Ghost of the Ozarks, it premiered at the Austin Film Festival, and I went, attended, went to the festival, and watched it in the movie theater for the first time. And it sounds cheesy and silly, but, like, there's something pretty magical about seeing something you worked on and you know creatively created in some form and stuff like that on the big screen and strangers are watching it like i had worked on 12 hour shift it was slightly different i wasn't a co-writer i just worked on it but i didn't have the same because of covid we didn't theaters weren't open so i didn't really get to have the experience of going to watch in the theater um but uh with ghost of the ozarks yeah it was yeah it's it was pretty magical. It was, it was just like a really great, fun moment with my friends working on it and seeing it, watching it all together in a movie theater. It was yeah, it was great. Uh, I think you should be proud of that, and I will admit yeah. that I still have not seen your movie. Um, I'll get on it, but uh, but yeah, I understand that feeling and making something and, and seeing it culminate and come together. And you should be very proud of yourself. And you've earned it. You worked really hard for a very long time to get to that point. So congrats to you. Good job. It's it's the chunkies. We're we're celebrating yes, ourselves we here. Could, exactly. That's just okay. like the Oscars. Show here off we go. a little. It's all right. Yeah, time's it's time for that. All right. Um my turn in a similar vein. I think my favorite just moment in general all is just realizing like theater was reopening because it's such a important part of of who I am and in in more specifically uh, getting to work on uh, our local production of uh, Beauty and the Beast, the musical. Um, just, I I hadn't worked on a show like that since the end of 2018 and wasn't sure if I'd ever, able, ever be able to again. And we put on a really awesome production and I'm really happy with the work that we did. And it was so popular, they had to add several performances that all, all our shows sold out and... I'm. I was just on cloud nine working on that show, and I'm very happy with the work that we did and bringing, helping bring theater back. And you know, yeah, there you go. That was, I think, for yeah. me, as far as entertainment goes, that was my favorite thing about 2021. <clears throat> All right, cool. Well, in contrast to you guys, my number one thing is has nothing to do with me contributing to at all, and that is uh, just becoming an uncle. Wow! Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, a, yeah. Sean, you you look you sound know, self-centered. Now. <laughs> well, no, I mean, if I had made a movie, I, that would definitely be my number. One. <laughs> like, I would. Forget well, we haven't that. got to the rest of the categories. Maybe there's a favorite, like you know, family thing that you've had. Well, I, I, I was gonna, <laughs> I was <not>. gonna, <laughs> I was I was gonna give it uh, give Quentin Fox the award for Baby of the Year that category that we have. <laughs> We Who do. Will that win? is there is a precedent for best baby year. Baby of the year. Well, the the competition's not very steep on that category. Yeah, I know. Look, if Quentin Fox doesn't win baby of the year, I will kill myself on live television. Stop saying it. I mean. <laughs> well, congratulations to the both of you. I, I always thought that you would both make great uncles, and I think you probably are. I have no data to back that <laughs> yeah. up. I've never seen either of you around the kid, but I'm going to just go ahead and say that I'm right here. 
Self-congratulations. To me for being right that you're both great great uncles. And excellent. And congratulations to the proud parents. Congratulations to the baby for being alive. You did it. Um, There you go. All right. Should we move on? Let's move on. Let's do it. Yeah, next category. Most disappointing things in media. Buckle in. This is going to take a while. At least for me. I should probably just shotgun my list here uh, that's that's a good idea because yeah. originally we were thinking i was thinking just one but instead of going around robin we let's just each yeah go yeah shotgun everything and then we'll go just down the line all right i like that okay um dune i felt like i should have liked it and i didn't um bell the anime movie um i liked it but it was from a, a production company that has a better track record than i thought this movie would be Jungle Cruise. How could you mess up a Jungle Cruise movie? The Suicide Squad. Liked it. It was better than the first Suicide Squad movie. I think they could have done better. House of Gucci. I don't know why I was expecting anything out of that. Matrix 4. I stand by everything I said in the Matrix episode. More on that in another episode. And my biggest disappointment of 2021 was in myself for watching the Snyder Cut and thinking (laughs) that there was even a minuscule chance that I would enjoy it. Um... Yeah, there you go. Passing it to passing it to uh, Sean. There you go. Um, well, a lot of those I share. Some I don't quite, but that's fine because uh, I'll just kind of shotgun. I don't have a, as long a list, but um, I also echo Matrix Resurrections. Very disappointed in that. Um, uh, disappointed in I. This is a silly one, but I read this Star Wars book called Ronin. It was it was a big disappointment. Um, and uh, but the biggest disappointment, which pairs with one of my favorite moments of the year, is WandaVision. <laughs> uh, the the eventual conclusion, Ralph Boner was the most like heartbreaking thing of the year for me. Not really, but in a lot of ways, it just like <sighs> just just left me like feeling like a big old dumb idiot forever hoping um and getting excited for anything so Just be, yeah, being yeah. excited for anything i was gonna exactly. put that on my list but i needed to give that one to you so. Yeah. yeah so they're hand in hand as excited as i was i ultimately was left disappointed but yeah those are my letdowns of 2021 okay uh yeah uh even though i did enjoy dune dune actually made my list in terms of disappointment just because i'm a huge dune fan and i only got half of my dune i want more i want my whole dune um but uh my number one is baby all or nothing uh number one is is yeah the snyder cut i there was just so much preamble so much uh what a yeah Yeah. what a big frenzy around such a fart of a movie like (laughs) and like uh like you know like a like a four hour long fart Well, yeah. <laughs> divided into six parts. A fart divided into six parts. And eventually, that fart's gonna get old. <laughs> yeah. you're, gonna, you're gonna stop enjoying it. Yep. Except for, it I never does. enjoyed this. I enjoy farting more than watching the snake. <laughs> oh, that's true. There's a certain sense of relief. That's true. Anyway, um, wow, folks, this is what you signed up for. Amazing. All right, let's move on. Some more positive film things. Um, favorite comic book films of the year, Sean. I mean, this, um, is, this is not going to yeah. take a long time. 
No, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, favorite comic book films. Mine, I have my, as my number three is Eternals. Um, I mean, we talked about our episode, which I think was one of our best episodes last year for sure. Um, but that episode or that movie as flawed and silly and big and messy and everything as it is, I can't help but love it. I've watched it, I think, three times now, twice in theaters. And it's just so bold and different and weird in ways that, for whatever reason, appeal to me. I love what it's trying to do. It's it's great in so many ways, despite its flaws. So that's my third favorite comic book film. Okay. Um, I only have one on my list, and I think you know what this is. So, Ryan, go for it. Yeah. Oh. Well, I actually don't have a third, but I was going to make a, 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 an observation about Eternals. So Icarus is named Icarus, right? And then we have this idea that the characters have uh, uh, informed uh, Earth's myth- you know, mythos, right? Yeah, Mythology. Yeah. But Icarus doesn't fly into the sun until the end of that movie. How could that have informed Greek mythology? Doesn't make any sense. Sean, what's your number two? <laughs> <laughs> he spells it differently. Maybe it's a different Icarus that, you know... They're talk this folklore is about. Uh, my number two is the Suicide Squad. Uh, I did think it was uh, it, it it exceeded my expectations. Maybe my expectations were lower. I was not expecting to really like this movie, so that probably helped my opinion of it. But I was pleasantly surprised in all the right ways. It was crass and vulgar and all that stuff, but at the same time, it still surprisingly kind of had a heart um, in weird ways. It was I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was really great. Ryan, what's your number two? My number two is The Suicide Squad, for all the reasons you said. Sweet. Um, well, down to number one. Do you want to still go last, Chewie, or you want to... You haven't talked yet, so on, on comic book movies, so... It's Spider-Man. <laughs> it's my number one. It is my number one as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, know. I don't know why we were holding on. Uh, yeah, if you want to hear why that film is great and why we loved it, go listen to our two-and-a-half-hour episode about it. Um, I, was just I mean, I, I watched it... I watched it three times in theaters, and also um, uh, I watched it via streaming with some uh, some work friends on Discord just the other week. It was a complete surprise. They do a they do a weekly movie night in Discord, and they had something else listed, and I peeked in just to say hi, and they were watching that, and I I as soon as I saw like two seconds of the movie, I went, oh dang, I guess I'm watching this entire thing now. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, it just drew me in. I it had it hooked, its hooks on me from the. It was fairly early in the movie. They uh, it was the bridge sequence, and I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. I'll just watch yeah. the bridge sequence. That's it. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say hi to my friends, and I'm gonna watch the bridge sequence, and and then I'll peace out and I'll go be antisocial again. I I and, will. I also I think that is when the film like really takes off for me because I think on on subsequent viewings the first act is kind of. Uh, not not bad by any means, but it's the weakest part of the film. As soon as the second act starts, I'm kind of like all in and super fun, and yeah, it, it doesn't stop moving. It just keeps yeah. going, yeah. and and I got to the point where I'm like, all right, I guess I'm in on Sunday night movie night, um, and to the point where when people were talking, I was like, shh, it's a good part. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I still managed to be antisocial. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. It, I mean. I recently re-listened to our episode about that, but we just basically went on about how it delivered. It delivered. It has its flaws. It's not a perfect movie, but I'm not going to apologize for fanboying over it. It was. No, I don't think we should. You shouldn't have to, Chewie. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get into um, let's get into three or whatever, however many favorite miscellaneous media things that we engaged in over 2021 that we just want people to know about. Yeah, uh, so this can can be anything that we don't normally talk about, non-video game movie TV stuff, but anything anything outside of that stuff. Yep. <coughs> okay. Um well, I could I'll start it off again. Um my number 3 is actually a kind of odd one. It's not even like something that like is explosively stands out in my mind, but I thought it was a fun fun diversion. It was a book I read. It's called D: The Tale of Two Worlds. Um it was the small little novel um kind of semi-fantasy but the premise is just so intriguing but basically the idea is the letter d disappears from the world except for except for one little girl who's like why is everyone pronouncing all their words without the d in it and why are all the signs have their d's missing everyone's saying og instead of dog and you know it's just like this weird really original silly premise that is very dickensian and it's like you know it's london and like you know that kind of thing, and Narnia ish C.S. Lewis fantasy. Anyways, it was a it was a pleasant little like gem I had heard about and, and read this year and or last year, and uh, I thought it was worth mentioning. It was it was fun. Great, cool. Um, I uh, wait, where did I where did I put it? Um, I uh, read Lindsay Ellis's first two books. Mm, yeah. Um, um. Axiom's End and Truth of the Divine, and they are her first two ever books that she's written, and I'm a big Lindsay Ellis fan, and I didn't think they were perfect, but they were, they were, they touched on some topics that I just happened to already find really interesting, like, uh, you know, Fermi Paradox and um, Mm -hmm. concept of being post-biological and, you know, just kind of you know people merging with technology and that kind of stuff and i I just i I was like okay cool it it kept my interest the whole time and um they were a lot of fun and i hope that the we get a a third one in the series because uh admittedly the second one was a big downer but it's supposed to be she said it's a trilogy right she plans on it being okay cool. yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing where how it how it ends because the second one was definitely like the empire strikes back of of it like as mm-hmm. far as how it where it leaves off so mm-hmm. um yeah that was very engaging i had a good time with it um yeah ryan uh mine is also a book it uh, is, uh lifespan why we age and why we don't have to mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i let sean borrow this and my my dad yeah. um it's it's a non-fiction it's about just it's a biological book. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. really what it is. But it's, he dives into kind of the actual science of why humans age and kind of the science being applied to that and trying to learn about it and why we do and um, things of that nature. Um, it's just super fascinating. It, it's speculative in parts, but always grounded. Um it's yeah it's just a really really cool read and brings up a lot of uh interesting discussion points that you know everything about human society even all life on earth is based around the concept of death that we everything will die but it uh, really kind of explores that concept in a way that i don't think even any science fiction literature i've ever consumed has done so so 
Hmm. Um, very interesting. Uh, yeah, I second that. I, I almost kind of want to talk or mention that, but yeah, I'm glad you did because yeah, I agree with everything that Rain said. Cool. Um, Sean. Oh yeah. So uh, next on my list, I have the 2020 uh, Tokyo Olympics that took place during 2021. Um, I'm not a huge sports guy or anything like that, but for whatever reason, the Olympics just really appealed to me on a interest, like on a level that I can't really even explain. Um, there's a lot about it that I think are about the Olympics that I think are stupid that I'm not into, but there's so much about it that I just just absolutely love. Um, and because I'm working from home, I basically just had the Olympics on um, for two solid weeks and. Our episodes during those times, I was talking about complaining about the NBC Peacock app and how awful it is to watch things. And that's all true. I wish the actual coverage of the Olympics were better from the American broadcasters because it's really a bad and stupid. But just enjoying this idea of the world collectively getting together with at least a very with at least a presumption of goodwill and competitiveness in a very you know camaraderie sense not aggression stuff like that now obviously the reality of it is and blah 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 politics but i think that idea as naive as it sounds just appeals to me and it's some it's just fun watching these crazy sports and people really good at crazy things so yeah i'm a fan of the olympics good for you What do you got, Chewie? Uh, um, Maven, Maven and I were uh, searching for a movie to see one night with our Regal passes, and the one of the theaters it plays a lot of just like super either foreign films or also super 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 limited releases. Um, one of them is was a, a movie we found called The Fabulous Filipino Brothers, and uh, this movie was. Produced, written, directed by, and starring Dante Bosco, um, who uh, he of uh, Rufio from Hook, but also Prince Zuko from Avatar: The Last Airbender, and various voices from Legend of Korra. Um, this is just something we found by accident, and this was just a passion project that he wanted to make, and it was basically just a fictionalized like story about him and his real life brothers so it has like all of his family in it and um it's it's like frame story is that they're all meeting together at a wedding and it goes into flashbacks of like different things that happened to them in the week leading up to it um and it's very much about like you know how their family like you know how much part of filipino culture plays into their family and how every brother has their own different distinct personality and it was just such a random little gem that we found you know it wasn't amazing but it was just a delightful time out at the theater that we never heard of and i've never heard anybody talk about this movie and we just had a great time so the fabulous filipino brothers there cool you go. yeah I, I have not heard of that so that's cool yep <clears throat> and ryan Oh, um, it, uh, just an album by one of my favorite bands, The War on Drugs. Um, just their 2021 release, I Don't Live Here Anymore. Just really good. Really great album. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> good. Uh, cool. All right. Well, so my number one miscellaneous is 
Becoming an uncle. Ha ha! You thought <laughs> you, oh, you didn't want up dang. me. I bet you changed your answer. After no, you'll, who, no one will ever know. I bet, you, I bet you. I'm calling you out. But, uh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, Ryan already said it. We already talked to you. Quentin wins double best baby, and I still get credit for mentioning him. Dang, he's already won two chunkies <laughs> at such a yeah. young age. How prestigious. We just want to make sure he doesn't get jaded. You know, this young age, if you start, you know, child stars, you know what happens. So We sure do. Everything turns out great. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, well, dang. Why'd you do that? Mine's a Broadway show. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's mine's a Broadway show about nine eleven. Um, <laughs> is it? Oh no! Is uh, it what? Is, what show well, is it? Well, uh, it's a uh, it's come from away, and oh, oh yeah. On nine eleven, they released the pro shot of it, and also just I wish they would just release way more pro shots because I I love that they exist, uh, the ones that are, that, mm-hmm. that exist. But um, you know, I think when one nine eleven happens, there. Were, you know, people who are like, they're going to make movies about this eventually, and it's going to be not very tasteful and whatever. And they did, and it, they weren't. And I think if anybody had said, oh, but they're going to make a 9-11 Broadway musical one day, like, that sounds like the worst possible idea, right? Um, I found this to be very, very well done and delightful. It was specifically about the... Uh, newfoundland and a bunch of planes that got grounded there when all Mm -hmm. the airplanes started getting grounded and Mm -hmm. they're in this town in newfoundland that just was like this super super think like think like schitt's creek like just this super small town and like hundreds and hundreds of displaced people and airplanes from all over the world are like we have nowhere to go we can't go back to america we can't go back to our own countries and the musical is just a about how the town banded together to shelter all these people not knowing how long they were going to be there not having enough resources and they're just like well let's roll up our sleeves and take care of everybody and so like it 9-11 being just kind of a a backdrop and you it's it's only mentioned in so much as how much the pe- the characters in the story are hearing about the events unfold like through radios mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that so it's not like what you would think it, it, it they somehow managed to figure out a way to make a 9-11 musical and do it tastefully to make it lighthearted yeah. and funny to make it heartwarming and it's like it it was great I, we watched that and i it, that was one of the best times i've had what wa- i've had watching a new musical in a long time it was a great time so highly recommended it's on I think it's on apple tv or something i don't know what's on right now but also you can probably purchase it but come from away what a great show. That was one that we almost, a couple years ago when Maeve and I went to New York and we did a big Broadway marathon, that was one that we were considering and ended up uh, pushed down in favor of something else. So I'm glad they released it. I'm glad I got to watch it. There you go. There's my number one miscellaneous. And Ryan. Uh, so this year I had a chance to go to some really fancy restaurants. Like I went to like a Michelin star restaurant and had some just probably objectively the best food in my entire life hmm. um but actually i'm gonna pick this uh gas station poke i ate in hawaii <laughs> um it oh. like it's funny sean we uh, our parents are making plans to take us all to hawaii next year for my father's yeah. uh, 
I was going to say graduation. What's it called? Retirement. Um, Same thing. And the first thing that popped into my head is like, oh man, I can't wait to go get that gas station poke. Like, it literally <laughs> is the first thing that, like, all the beaches, all the wonderful whatever. It's like, no, I just, oh my God, I can't wait to get that gas station poke. Like, uh, so yeah, that's that's my random number one. I, I can't even tell you, like, it's a media I consume, right? It's food's a media. You, well, you consumed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, sure. you know, I mean, poke. Well, I don't know. I was about to try to make an argument that it is art, um, but really it isn't. Uh, you know, Maeve and I got really into pokey in the last few years and have had this conversation, the same conversation over and over again, but basically about how, like, when you buy sushi, they're basically playing with your food. They're like, here's all the ingredients. We're going to make art out of it. And, right. and, and we're like, nah, we're just, we're just animals. Throw all the ingredients in a trough and let us eat well, it. So, but even that, that's the thing, right? The way we consume poke in southern california is dumb because you're paying essentially twenty dollars for a bowl of rice and like a little bit of fish the way they do poke in hawaii not it's just it's all freaking fish okay and it's marinated or it has that marination whatever all on it and it's it's just and you pay you'll pay like 10 bucks for like two pounds of this fish and you just (laughs) inhale it because it is so freaking delicious like Dang, uh, no. It's so good. I finally have a reason to go to Hawaii now. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard too, which is I don't know, is that poke is not a thing in Japan, you know, which is kind of interesting because you think, oh yeah, right, they, you know, sashimi, I kind of figured it was like American, but it's yeah, it's an American thing apparently. It's not like there's not poke places, or you know, generally, I'm sure mm-hmm. there are some. Well, I mean, you know, again, what's more American than taking? You know, a foreign food that yes. is this beautiful artwork, and they're just smashing <laughs> just like, it, smashing it into a bowl. That takes too much time and work. Just throw yeah. it, yeah. Just, just throw just it all in a bowl. But don't worry, we'll charge you just as much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That that screams America to me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I was well, not, some I good was, selections. Uh, I, 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 I did not have gas station poke on my bingo card for this <laughs> yeah, recording. No, surprise, dark horse uh, winner. There. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's uh. Let's move on to let's move on to animated. Uh, did you all pick three? I have two on my list. I have three. I have two. Okay. Well, then I'll start. Um, so my third is uh, an actually interesting one. It's also a documentary, which is like, what? That's impossible. How could an animated be a documentary? Um, uh, and that movie's called Flea. It's actually nominated for like I think actually both mm-hmm. of those categories. Um, and uh, it it borderlines on like a pretentious art film documentary anime, but I watched it and it's legit, like really poignant and heartbreaking and really good. It's about this uh, refugee from Afghanistan in the 80s and his family and how they survived and they went to Russia and it's basically told in a um, interview format, but then they animate over the interview and they get... Um, Voice, they get a Rez Ahmed and the guy who played um, Jamie in Game of Thrones, Nicholas, something, 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 whatever, to basically dub, not dub over, but just to 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 speak the roles to kind of protect the identity of these of the of the person so that it's not his actual voice. And I think they also were Danish. You know, they spoke Danish or something. Anyways, um, it's just really good. It's just a really, really good movie. Just it's very simple. It's not very long animation is beautiful and um it's a really great story so flea great i actually do have a third 
Um, okay. So I'm going to go for it. Uh, it is uh, Batman The Long Halloween, parts one and two, So, which I'm going to count as one entry in this list. Um, I love that graphic novel. Um, I It was from when I... I when um, Batman Begins came out, that's when I got really, really into like going back and reading a bunch of Batman comics and the graphic novels, and that was like, I that was that one was one of the first ones I read, and it blew me away. And I thought they totally did it justice with the animated films. I loved, I loved the adaptation. Watched it with Maeve. She had never read that graphic novel, but she loved the movie. Um, Long Halloween, excellent. Yes. Okay, Ryan. Nice. Cool. Uh pass well i could go if you only have two ryan i could go my number two and yeah we'll go back yeah, sure which is good because my number two is batman the long halloween Whoa! Uh, so and that is because of your recommendation chewy on this podcast um oh wow yeah it was fantastic uh every, or i think you were the one who recommended it to me to watch. Uh, i did mention it in the podcast when i saw it yeah yeah um yeah everything you said it was great uh i have not read the graphic novel but i thought it was really awesome loved it so cool um my number two is encanto it's uh it's there wasn't it was no universe where that wasn't going to be on my list um but it's uh well i mean it's the biggest animated thing in the world right now and it's that i heard i heard we don't talk about bruno twice on the radio while driving around in the same day on two separate channels uh or stations the last time that happened was when Let It Go was on the charts, but uh, this this movie's got two songs that have been top Billboard 100 listings, charting, ranking, whatever. Um, but yeah, solid movie, good good uh, good uh, representation, intergenerational trauma, magic, Lin Manuel Miranda, but but importantly, he his music, but he's not singing. And he's not in it, so that's that's a plus. Um, yeah, just all around great time. What else is there to say about Encanto? Encanto is my number two. All right, take it away, Ryan. Uh, my number two is America the Movie. It's uh, just a silly comedy on Netflix about the founding of America. Um, it's of course a work of horrible fiction, and it's needlessly graphic and stupid. Um, but, uh, I left and it was, uh, you know, it, it's the right kind of humor where it, it draws light to kind of like America's silliness and, and oftentimes stupidness, um, but still celebrates, um, what's great about America too. So, hmm. cool. um, uh, cool. Well, my number one is, well, Encanto. Yeah. Everything you said, Chewy. Um, I loved it. I think also. If you want to hear our more detailed thoughts, go listen to our episode. But everything you said, Chewy, plus I just, it kind of encapsulated a lot of my own personal thoughts, especially over the last year, couple years. And I thought it just did a really good job of conveying that in such a fun, approachable, important way. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Excellent. That was your number one. That was my number one. All right. My number one was uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Um, and I'm putting it at number one because even though I loved Encanto and I really struggled which which one should be number one, Encanto is what I expect Disney to deliver because I've seen them deliver that level of quality. 
Um, and so I was like, yeah, cool. Another really good Disney musical. Awesome. Put it in the catalog. Uh, I was not expecting Mitchell's to be anything that it was. I had never heard of it. I didn't know they were making it. It came out of nowhere. I turned on Netflix and it was like number one on Netflix and I researched it and I had a super high uh, review score and what a delight. What a nice surprise. Uh, it also, I laughed more watching that movie than I had since I can't remember watching a movie. Um, and I, I loved the themes. I loved how it was about weird art kids. I loved the weird sense of humor, the art styles. Uh, yeah, that was the biggest surprise probably overall. And uh, yeah, what a what a dang good time. Great time. All right. And Ryan. <clears throat> uh, yeah, my number was Encanto. So no, all right. no nothing new to say. Just we, I think we all covered it. So yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Cool. animation in the in the in the year of there you go all right <laughs> video video games uh look i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go first okay i i sure and that's because i i didn't play very many video games in 2021 and a lot of what i did play was stuff i already played which the one that i have on my list is ori and the will of the wisps which I did recently replay, but it came out in 2020, and because those two years blur together, I, I cannot remember if I played it in 2020 when it came out, because it, mm. it came out towards the end of the year, or if I played it in early 2021. I don't remember. But I just recently replayed it the second time just a couple months ago, so um, I still did play it in 2021, um, but uh, it's the best video game I've played in a long, long, long time. Maybe ever. I don't know. It's... It's it, it's one of those games I play and I go, this is going into my top favorite lists. Um, so I'm trying to remember our Chunkies from 2020. Like there, I'm pretty sure one of the Ori's won. I'm just trying to think. Like so, I it might have been a two time winner from you, which is allowed. That's that's perfectly valid. It, it is. I still haven't. I mean, I still yeah. haven't played a game since then that I yeah. thought was better. And I there you go. Second time around, if I if. If this award, if I'm giving this award to my second playthrough of Ori 2, so be it. That's fine. Because <laughs> That's fair, I liked yes. it as much, if not more, the second time around. Um, so, there you go. And I'm after that, I'm tapping out. I don't have anything else on my list. I played a lot of golf with your friends, a lot of Jackbox, and <laughs> I replayed a lot of Sonic and a lot of Mario games that I'd already played. So, nah, there you go. Take it away, boys. Cool. Well, I do. I, I, I could maybe to to kind of fill in for Chewy. I, I could say I know Ryan. You have a handful, so I could maybe fill in with like a fourth one or something. Go on for it, list, please do. So uh, on my fourth, I'm gonna say this Tales of Arise, which is a I think I mentioned on the episode when I was playing it back in the back last year. It's a JRPG, modern JRPG, in all the best and worst ways that that term means. Uh, and it's not even necessarily my f one of my favorite games in that I purely enjoyed it the whole time, but I can't deny that I spent like 100 hours on it, and I got the Platinum Trophy, and I did everything, and I played all the endgame stuff. So to deny that I didn't like it on some level that I played it that much, it would be a lie. So that's I want to at least mention it. That's on my list, Tales of Arise. All right. right. All right. Uh, yeah, well, I do have, I have five listed, so I'll... We'll just see how this works out. Yeah. Uh, but I, my fifth is Death Store. Uh, Sean, I know you played this. Uh, yeah. um, just mm -hmm. 
super solid, great game. Um, I, this it's just super solid. I don't. Yeah. It's like a Zelda game, but just done with its own flavor and style and just everything. It's real, real, real good. That was my next one. So yeah, to exactly just to add on to that, it's a wonderful little tight, tight little throwback package that works on a lot of levels. That's really fun. Well, then Sean, give us your next next one. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So this would be my theoretically number two then. And yeah, it doesn't matter. We could kind of skip around and everything. But my number two would be Bravely Default 2. So which is another <laughs> JRPG, um, but done in a more retro style, definitely a throwback to classic Final Fantasy style. There's a job system, turn based battles. Um, Ryan, I know you played the Bravely Default, so you're aware. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it just hit on all the right notes without making a lot of the mistakes that some of the previous entries in that franchise did and sometimes just a lot of nostalgia bait kind of games do um not perfect by any means but another one that i just spent a ton of time in and generally enjoyed myself pretty much all every minute so yeah i played i played the first bravely default mm-hmm. first two bravely default so i'm looking forward to playing that one uh yeah so next on my list is sable it's an indie game that as very bold uh, game making in terms of the scope, especially for an indie game. Uh, the art style is completely unique. Um, it, it uses this kind of like art style called Mobius. You can look that up and get an idea of, of what the art style will look like. It's it intentionally like does something like some interesting things with the frame rates and the animation to give it a completely unique experience never played a game anything like it in terms of the art style um and it's also at the same time a a deconstruction of video gaming on a level and just the kind of open world experience of video games where it's boiling everything down to its base layer and almost asks the 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 gamer to say like what what is a game like what define a game for me we're going to present this to you and ask you to answer that question like it but that's almost saying too much because the game, like I said, is a, is a, a reduction. But in any case, it's worth checking out. But I would say only for those that are interested in exploring the concepts I've described in gaming. Yeah, I, I've heard of that and I've heard good things about it. I have it on my – I actually own it on Steam. But I have – as is the case with I think a lot of us, I have a, some, way more games on Steam than I have played. So – but I will, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out, especially kind of after what you're telling, talking about. So, um, Well, what was that? That Was that your number four, Ryan? Yeah. All right, well, why don't you go again then for your number? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, number three, Deathloop. Um, mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, as was very popular in 2021, a kind of a roguelike, uh, just cyclic death thing where you are constantly dying and trying again kind of a thing. But it does very unique things and... And a lot of those kind of games, you can just see how they're built, right? You understand the formula. This one, I it's one of the few games I want to look behind the scenes, look under the hood. How do they build this game? It's it's very interesting. Um, but otherwise, it's just a freaking fantastic FPS, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, another one that I own, but I haven't played, but I've heard so many good things about. So there were too many games, good games in 2021. 20, um I'll say my number one then, I guess, and that is uh, Metroid Dread, um, which was the you know 
the newest Metroid game. It was the follow-up sequel to Metroid Samus Returns on the 3DS. came out a couple years. And the kind of conclusion to the Metroid mainline saga. And not that that matters that much, but, you know. Um, but the, the kind of conclusion to the 2D Metroid series as as it's been happening and uh it was the best parts of all those things while improving and refining all of the details that and and kind of upping the ante on a lot of those elements of the gameplay Uh, specifically the combat the the maneuvering samus the controls the music the graphics um even things like the exploration and how you interact with the map as a player and interact with the world it was just something that I couldn't really put it. I couldn't put down. It was, and I love Metroidvanias, so that you know, give it to the uh, the granddaddy of them all, Metroid. So, uh, yeah, number two is Dread. So yeah. I can't expand upon that anymore. But well, I'm gonna it. I'm gonna chime in here because I was gonna save this for Chunk Fire next week, but mm-hmm. I've been that's what I'm currently playing. Oh, um, oh nice. I've awesome. been I got it for Christmas, but I didn't start it until about a month ago. And I've been playing through it for about 15 minutes at a time. Um, so oh. <laughs> it's great. It's I'd love the Switch. You could just yeah. you don't even yeah. have to save. You can just oh. suspend your game and, and yeah, exactly. shut it down, and then it's right where you left it off. But I have been playing that, and I've been loving it. Um, mm-hmm. So wait a year until a year from now for yeah. the next chunkies to see where <laughs> it falls on my list. <laughs> All right, cool. Go, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, and my number one is a game called Inscription. Um, it just uh, it's a card game. <laughs> yes. That's it. There you go. Yep. Why, you know, why overthink it? Cards. No. Yeah. Don't need to say um, anything more. Uh, I almost put this on my list, and partly because I knew, Ryan, you were going to put it, I didn't include it on my list, but also because I felt like I think you definitely probably got more out of it than I did, even though I did think, as an experience, it was one of my favorite of the year. For a lot of ways, I almost included actually in my favorite moments of the year was inscription. Yeah, that would be suitable. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. It was Matt. Just kind of give you an idea. It's a, it's a card battler and stuff, which is great. And if you like that kind of game, but there, it's also kind of a horror game with kind of escape room elements, which sounds weird. But it also has there's a AR um, kind of element to it, where it's almost like creepy pasta. Like you know, what is going on here? Is right. this game haunted? And like, which. If you're into that stuff, it hits on all of those notes really, really hard. Great. Well, I'm going to throw in an honorable mention here before we move on. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Web Slingers, the Spider-Man Adventure, the new... The new ride at Disney's California Adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. At Avengers Campus. Um, I I mention it because I had a really fun time in that experience, but I think it's more of a video game than it is a ride. Um, I wish it was a little bit more of a ride, uh, but it uh, it really it the the way that you move your arms and sling webs really makes you feel like you're Spider Man, and it also yeah, ma- cool. makes Blur- you, blurring the lines. Yeah, it really makes you realize that Spider Man needs a super strength because boy, are your arms tired at the end of that ride. <laughs> <laughs> like I wish, okay, like. From two standpoints, I wish that there was more show scenes and animatronics and stuff like that in between the slinging parts. One, because I thought it was too too much video game, but two, so that I could rest my arms. <laughs> and I think I think I, <laughs> yeah, be... I think it would made the ride much better because I got worse at the game as the ride went on. 
Oh yeah, that you have to train yourself. Yeah, right? and I'm yeah. sure there's people who are going all the time yeah. and riding it over and getting better scores. And whenever they have those rides, ripped. those those games that those rides that like are a game and they give you a score at the end, like those people have to be yeah super super ripped <laughs> because I was like I needed to sit for a while after I rode that. So, um, web slingers. That's that's an honorable mention in the video games for 2021. Nice. All right. Um, all right. Cool. Okay, so next up, we have uh, TV shows. So let's talk about some TV shows we watched. Um, I've got four on my list. So I don't know how many you guys put on your list. Um, I could li- I could I mention three. four. I was It was a hard decision between my third one, so I'm happy if we go with four. Okay, let's do it. All right. Cool. Go for it. Uh, cool. So my number four is going to be Lower Decks Season 2, the Star Trek animated comedy show. Um, it is so fun it is so fantastic it's probably my favorite star trek thing that is you know new star trek thing um it's just fan service to all people who love tng of d space nine that era of star trek um but it's also just really funny um so if you haven't watched it yet i recommend it um star trek lower decks season two okay um i uh, the uh, my in fourth for me i have pen 15 um it was a big surprise uh i wasn't sure how i was going to feel about it i wasn't sure how i felt about it while i was watching it it was a very strange emotional ride um but it is it's definitely in a league of its own um yeah pen 15 um i've talked about it on the cast before but uh two comedians playing middle school versions of themselves in i don't know 1999 or 2000 or 2001 somewhere around there and all the other cast are actual middle school age kids, and it's very strange. Um, but yeah, that was fun. All right, Ryan. Uh, the Apple TV show Schmigadoon, the mm. musical starring uh, Cecily Strong and um, uh, Michael Keaton Key, and uh, yeah, just a, a comedy musical. It's a good time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Heard of it and you haven't watched it, but supposed to be. Uh, okay, well, I could go with my number three then. My number three is Hawkeye. Um, we talked, we had a whole episode about it, so you could go listen to everything we loved about it. And uh, I think it just edged out my favorite of the Marvel um, TV shows this year. Um, I did mention how I think overall, like WandaVision and even Loki had some higher highs, but it all they both also had lower lows to me, whereas Hawkeye for me was just a fun ride all the way through. Um, and yeah, it just was just so much fun. A lot of great characters. Took place during Christmas time. What's not to love? So that's my number three. There you go. Okay. My number three is Reservation Dogs. Uh, teen coming of age comedy drama set on a Native American reser- reservation. Um, it is pretty rare to get this level of Native American representation in media of any sort, um, but also um, created by Taika Waititi. Um, it was very funny. It was very strange, had a very offbeat, um, and uh, just just a good time. Definitely. Definitely re- recommend checking out Reservation Dogs. Ryan. Uh, my number two is The Mayor of Easttown. Um, mm. HBO show. Uh, just, it's a straight 
drama uh, or uh, you know, mystery, uh, crime mystery kind of thing. I wouldn't even call it a mystery because you can't, uh, you know, you, yeah, it's not like it one of the kind of is, but it kind it's not of quite, is. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's just a just fantastic show, just super well made. It's not. It's it's one of those shows where it's not trying to do anything that's going to blow your mind. It's just going to do everything super well and gets you so engaged in all the characters. Um, just amazing acting. Um, is uh, yeah, it's Kate um, Winslet, right? Um, okay. And I I can honestly say I don't think I I didn't dislike her before this uh, but she was just kind of like you know she was fine she was there but now she's top of my list um of actors just huh. she's so good and again she's not doing anything that's gonna blow your mind she's just mm. so good i don't know how to say it yeah mm. i'm glad you mentioned that because that was also very high up in my list that i also love so i'm glad you mentioned that because yeah it definitely yeah it's it's really really good um but uh my number two is um, I think you should leave season two. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. there's no way I could not put this on my list. Uh, because if nothing else, I've seen this more than anything I've ever seen ever this year. Like, <laughs> I watched this more than anything else this year. I've watched this season and probably both seasons one and two, but this year alone, probably yeah. six times through like it's, it's evergreen. I cannot. And, and it get some sketches. Most of the sketches get funnier Every time I watch it. In fact, every time I watch it, I like almost re-rank my favorite sketches and which ones work funnier, which ones I get more. It's, it's if you don't know what it is, just check it out on Netflix. They're 15-minute episodes. There's only six of them, so it's a fast watch. But it's just sketch comedy, absurdist, but it's also like, I don't know. It, it's just hilarious. I think you should leave season two. I love it so much. That's a good Yeah, That's I, a good I'm pick. glad you mentioned it. Yeah, I was going to like artificially add it to my list if you didn't mention yeah. it so yeah. i was almost like oh it's gonna be down lower but i was like no i have to be honest with myself i've watched yeah. it so many times <laughs> they've yeah. watched it so much i have to put it high up on my list All right, well i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna throw that on as an honorable mention then uh yeah. because yeah I, I yeah that's great it's a great pick what a- and and it's something i am constantly quoting to everyone like all of my friends well, I, they know, I, like, yeah, it's just like i quote it all the time too quoting. as i yeah as i did earlier on the podcast <laughs> hey why don't we all get together one night and watch it <laughs> yes yeah. that'd be down Let's for just that. like watch them all yeah exactly yeah. short we could do it all right yeah very easily all right cool um that was your what am i on okay that was my number two all right my number two is dairy girls um and i've heard of this yes it's a it's another coming of age uh sitcom um set in dairy uh during the uh during the tail end of the troubles and uh, I'll be, I'm going to be visiting Derry along with most of Ireland this summer, um, which I'm very excited about. And it's kind of fun getting a glimpse into the culture and also just that, I don't know. It's, it's cool. It's a it's a it's Irish production and it's a fun time. It's a good time. It's a it's a wacky group of teenage girls who are getting into misadventures in Ireland. So uh, there you go. Derry girls. Cool. Yep. Nice. Uh, well, my number one is Ted Lasso, season two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this really good show. I don't think I need to really call out why it's so good. Or I think it's kind of all over the place as it is. Um, just a show about acceptance and compassion and love, something that I think uh, is very short 
supply. All right. I haven't watched it, but that's a good pitch. That's, yeah, I think you'd like it. You should. Yeah, that's a good pitch. Definitely watch it. All right. Back. Um, cool. So my number one is Midnight Mass. Um, show again. I think mentioned in a chunk fire earlier last year. Um, I just love this show. It's a show that just has stuck with me um, ever since I've watched it. It it is kind of a horror show you know it's supposed to be scary but it's not fully that it's it's it also like tells kind of some familiar elements and familiar ideas from um from fiction that we're aware of but it does it in such a interesting and unique way and poignant way but i think more than anything it's the writing in terms of how bold it is and confident it is as there's so many, and, and a lot of people, I think, criticize the show for having a lot of, like, monologues. There's a lot of scenes of just, like, people go- talking endlessly. And the film is just so unabashedly confident in it. And it's still so captivating and, for me, interesting and poignant that those things, those elements work on a level that most shows if you're writing a script and you see a giant text of dialogue someone talking that's usually like oh geez this is going to be boring or something but for me it worked and it also is also kind of something that you sort of about ted lasso ryan and but there's like an element of like hope and love and it's a film about or it's a show about religion and spirituality with with somehow i think you could watch it as someone who's both very religious or very you know whatever atheistic or whatever and still feel that there's something there for you um while still being a crazy kind of like fantasy sci-fi horror kind of element so i i just really really liked it so midnight mess all right cool um so my number one pick i've probably given a chunky year or two to before um it is season three of what we do in the shadows this, this mm-hmm. continues to be my favorite show on TV. It continues to always deliver, make me laugh harder than most anything else. Um, this season um, ended with such a crazy ending, and I'm just like every day waiting for the season four to happen. I love <laughs> I love this show so much. I did not think that the, I thought this would be a weird novelty spinoff of the movie, which I liked a lot. But this has surpassed the movie for me by far, and I love this. Sh- I just, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I love this show. It is just one of my favorite things. There you go. What we do in the shadows. Cool. A lot of great TV. Yeah. I mean, of all our picks, it's fun too. That I mean, I think I was the only one who had a Marvel show in our top list, which I think in general yeah, we all generally liked all the Marvel shows too. So that's saying right, something that's that true. there was so many great, so much great TV last year. All right. Right. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna. We only have a few categories left. We have three categories left, and they're all movie based. So, um, with the Oscars coming up in just a few days, um, hopefully, when are the, when's the Oscars? Um, Sunday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Coming so up this so, weekend. So hopefully, this will be out before the Oscars yeah. air. Um, so let's talk about our. Our picks for best picture at the Oscars get out of out of what is nominated, um, yes. and we can talk about. I guess we'll just what what we what we hope to see win and what we think will win, like we used to do on on four reels back in the back that classic show back in the there. days that everybody's definitely <laughs> seen. <laughs> All right. Okay. 
cool. Well, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I could start again. Same thing. Um, on, yeah, we, we'll just kind of list, I guess, go through everything. So what I would like to see win, um, and this actually is pretty hard because to me, there was not a, like something that just like exploded as a favorite to me. There's a lot of films that I really, really liked, but it was kind of hard to pick a favorite or something that I'd like to see win. But I, I'm going to go with Drive My Car. Um, I would say it's not, it's one of the less approachable films of the nominees. It's it's very long. It has a vibe to it that I could see just like people not liking, but it's a vibe that really resonates with me. It's based on a Murakami short story, which he's a Japanese author who's one of my favorite authors, and it captures this really uncanny level of the 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 mundane coming across as poignant and profound. Um, and there's even elements of like weirdly disturbing creepiness in it that kind of peek through in the film. But ultimately it's about um, communication and understanding and being able to convey your feelings uh, across language and what you're able to do and not able to do. And it's about a lot of things, but it, it, it just has resonated with me, I think, in a way that some of the other ones on the list haven't. Um, what I think will probably win, though, is probably West Side Story. That's what my money would be on. Because I feel like it's the most traditional, like, kind of Hollywood. And while the last couple of years they've bucked that trend with, like, Parasite and Nomadland and a handful of others, I feel like that kind of almost gives them leverage to, like, oh, we've given them more kind of weirder pick some credit let's go back we want to go back to you know spielberg hollywood big production numbers so i could see that being the winner so that's my thought interesting okay well i've i've only seen half of the movies nominated for best picture exactly half um mm. and of those the ones i saw were west side story nightmare alley licorice pizza dune and belfast and of those five, my my favorite was Belfast, um, mm-hmm. and I, I I'm having a hard time thinking what I think will win. I think of the ones I've seen, I would say I would give it to Belfast. Um, yeah. But I've been reading, and I hear that the Power of the Dog is one of the front runners. Um, yeah. As and uh, and I heard that that Belfast is the other front runner so um it was it was sitting at the front runner for a while and then there was a lot of uh buzz about power of the dog haven't seen it i don't know anything about what it's about um but i as if we're looking at what you know the media is saying i think that you know they're probably going to be right but i would also say that there's a good there's a good argument to be made which you just did for west side story um, the the only thing that I would add on to that is that musicals are not really they don't really do well at the Oscars these days anymore. So if they wanted to make a big to do, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it, I don't. My gut says that it's going to be Belfast though. Yeah, I could see Belfast. I do think it's round. I also think that like West Side Story, like you said, it's musicals aren't haven't been traditionally but i feel in the last couple years it's become a trend at least they're somewhat especially like you said even there's like a lot of pro tapes or whatever they're called of musicals pro shots shots of stuff i think there's it's a little bit in the zeitgeist 
Um, but I also think that because it's a remake, I, I, I also don't want to put it past the Academy for them to like, ooh, yeah. it'll win for being a remake of a film that already won Best Picture right. in the original. You know what I mean? And I think there's an element of a historical significance to that alone that I kind of also think will play into it. Yeah, but, I can see the the Academy trying to like honor the legacy kind of. Yeah, that being, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I yeah. Anyway, I think that's I think there's some credence to that. Okay. 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 Um, Ryan. Yeah. Um, I think my my money for where, what I think is going to win is Power of the Dog. Um, I've this excellent, this super well made movie. Um, I think it's. Well, I did really, really like it. I think it's it, just in terms of pure enjoyment, it was a little harder to get there. <laughs> I don't um, know if anyone like can <laughs> yeah. really let's go watch Power yeah, of the Dog. Nope, not, no, no, no. <laughs> and then on the opposite end of the spectrum is Coda. I really just pure joy from Coda. Yeah. Um, just, mm-hmm. uh, but also really well made. But then kind of the, I think the synthesis for me, which is my my favorite movie of these is drive my car um certainly biased because of the source material um as sean kind of already covered um uh it's a long movie that is just one of those things you just it just it uh grabs you pulls you in and somehow despite its length doesn't overstay its welcome and you you feel very satisfied at the end of it and you know it's it leaves you without like, you know, sometimes it mo- like, like, yeah, Coda kind of feels, leaves you feeling with this kind of sappy, joyous, but sappy mm-hmm. feeling. Um, but drive my car is, as Sean said, kind of like this mundane, uh, profoundness to it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Recommend it. Um, but yeah, Coda is also one of my top favorites. Felt that. And there's, I mean, like I said, it's hard to pick a one that stands out because in general, I I've seen all the nominees at this point and Same. there's none that I really is like, Oh, how did that get nominated? Even something that I was like really skeptical, like oh, King Richard, I don't even <laughs> yeah. want to watch that. I watched it. I was like, all right, fine. You're yeah. good. You're King, good King Richard. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so. I held off watching that one. Cause for the exact mm-hmm. same reason, I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. God, I know this is going to be good and I'm going to love <laughs> and it. The thing but, is that Will uh, Smith is excellent. He, he is, is amazing <laughs> in that. So I would be happy if he won best actor, but it, so anyways, yeah. It really it's funny that actually that movie feels like it should have come out maybe like in the early 2000s. It, just in terms of That's the true. way the film's made, not necessarily yeah. in terms of the content. Yeah. yeah. Um, really? Did, you, did either of you guys see um, Don't Look Up? Because there was I yes. saw a lot of people who were like, why is that nominated? It's weird. I, it, I, yeah. It, yeah, it appears on some worst of the year as well as obviously best of the year. Yeah. It's a very. I guess it's divisive. I think I came into it approaching it with very cynical expectations. So I ended up liking it far more than I was expecting. And I, it's, it's not my least favorite of the nominees. It's actually in the middle of the pack for me because it actually was not as, I don't know. I was expecting it to be very misanthropic and just like cynical. And sure, there's elements of that, but it ultimately was a lot more, I don't know, heartwarming and, and, and human to me and still yeah. funny and i get why maybe people don't like it and but i don't know to me it worked i, I enjoyed it all right well okay cool i haven't seen yeah. it so um and i maybe have been not prioritizing it because i've heard so much negative negative yeah, towards I, it but yeah. maybe i'll get to it at some point yeah 
I'm definitely not going to catch up with the ones I haven't seen between now and the Oscars, but, you know, I'll probably yeah. double back on some of these. All right. Cool. All right. Well, um, we have two categories uh, left. That's our, in our opinion, what are the worst films of the year and our favorites. And let's go ahead and do, uh, let's go ahead and do worst. Let's start with that. Because um, this will, this will be, this will be a good time. I, I, I have, I have two for this category. Um, I don't, I don't know how many you guys have. Um, um I have, a, I mean, I have a few. There's one that I definitely want to mention, but there's like two that. Our honorable mentions. <laughs> that makes sense. Wait, honorable mention for worst for right. worst well, of the year. <laughs> let's see. Let's see what happens. All right. Well, let's dive right in. Let's dive into the okay. best of the worst, if you will. Go ahead. Yes. Um, well, okay. I'll start with my honorable mentions. So my two honorable mentions are Zack Snyder's Justice League, um, which I'm sure will be mentioned again here, and. I went back and forth on this one, whether it be my actual worst film of the year, but I, despite my actual emotional reaction to this film, I'm not going to list it as my worst film of the year, but it is an honorable mention that is Space Jam A New Legacy. I have to at least, it's my most hated film of the year, but I don't think it's the actual worst film of the year. So that's what, those are my honorable mentions. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Um, well, I have two on my list. Neither of them are Space Jam. Those are those are in my favorite movie list. Um, yeah. no, uh, actually, I, I that movie has not left very much of an impression on me, yeah. and at this point, yeah. it kind of just faded away. Yeah. Um, all right, my number two is uh, Dear Evan Hansen, um, mm-hmm. and I a part of it. Part of me wanted to put it in most disappointing. Um, I I generally tend with musicals to try to avoid knowing as much about it as possible before going in. Like I try not to listen to any of the music and I try to just only have a vague concept of what the show's about. Um, and that was another one of the shows that we considered seeing when we went to, uh, to New York a few years ago that got bumped down on the list. Um, but uh, yeah, just what a, what a bizarre <laughs> I think you can't be most disappointing. Cause I like, we all, thought that was going to be a train wreck to begin with right. so i mean i, I in general yeah. i i go into music i like musicals as a genre yeah, i yeah, like theater yeah, yeah. i like musical movie adaptations and i go in wanting to like them even if i hear you know um negative things i'm like well you know how you know how could it but i just what a bizarre experience what a strange <laughs> Just, I don't know. So much about it rubbed me the wrong way, and it was such a miserable experience. I mean, what saved it was watching it with you guys. But, yeah, like, I could not part. imagine enjoying it in any other scenario. It, <laughs> what a. Well, At the very least, it gave you a reason to watch a Jenny Nicholson you know, video this year, which is oh, one of the yeah. only ones she did. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's fair. Okay, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I, I only have a single pick just for worst movie. Um, wondering if it's Sean's worst pick. Yeah, I'm uh, sure it will be. Uh, Tomorrow War. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just hands down. Uh, just just the worst thing. I mean, Space Jam Two would be a good pick, but I I don't know. I. Yeah, that's how I, I felt. It's like uh, yeah. I can't honestly put Space Jam as a worse film than Tomorrow. War, no, so. Tomorrow War is just. Uh, God, I don't. I, we don't need to get into it. <laughs> it's so but bad. it's bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So that's my number one as well. All right. So. Well, here we go, folks. My number one is Justice League, the Zack Snyder cut. <laughs> yes. Um, I, yeah. I, yeah. Well, surprising no one. As well. But I, I, it was one of the most miserable movies that I've watched all the way through. <laughs> I mean, generally, if I mean if if I'm going to the movie theater, I'm generally going to pick movies that I'm I'm fairly confident I'm not going to walk out of. I have not walked out of movie theaters very often, maybe like twice ever in my life, right? I usually have a good sense that I'm going to like, you know, especially now that I have to pay for them. Um, but knowing that we were going to review the Snyder cut, I I had, I had, I, had, I felt the need to watch it from beginning <laughs> to end. And that was a challenge. I had to take multiple breaks. It was a day long affair. Um, it, it, mm-hmm, it, it, I'm at a loss for words. I, I no, I, you're, I, I just you're absolutely right. I, I, I remember the day of the watching the the, the 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 Snyder Cut day, and just what a it makes me mad. There you go. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> that's it, yeah, it no, makes that's me mad at everything <laughs> and everyone, yeah. and just. It's a film that's, like, bad, but it also is bad because you can't actually just have an honest conversation about that film without all the baggage. So it's, like, doubly bad. The fact that it has that baggage, the fact that it holds a mirror up to humanity, and (laughs) I don't like what I see in it, it, just everything about it, just, I wish it never happened. I wish, I wish... I wish Batman never happened. I wish comics never happened. I wish I wish cinema wow. never happened. Movies were a mistake. You wish the concept of leagues never leagues. happened. <laughs> to quote that justice itself didn't exist. <laughs> to, to quote a Mike Soclasa, movies make me want to be dead. <laughs> movies are terrible. <laughs> Yep, and I wish I could say that this is hyperbole, but no, <laughs> no, I, I, I really tried to. There was a small part of me that was like, you know what? There's hype, the hype, and the people are excited about it, and I'm hearing good things. Like people who I respect are saying good things about it. <laughs> like maybe, maybe I'll be wrong. And you know what? If I'm wrong about this, that means that I get a, a good, enjoyable moving watching experience, and I'll, I'll eat crow. That's fine, and I I I'm done talking about. I'm burying it. <laughs> let's never speak of this mess again. Right. And put it to rest. On Agreed. that note, let's talk about our our favorite movies of the year. Um, do we want to do three? You guys have three, I, more I, or I less. Have, I have two for sure. Let's see. Uh, I just have the two. Okay. All right. I've got. Just, I've got. Yeah. I've got my two. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say four then. I'll make up with you. All right. For okay. Your guys is only two. Okay. Because I, it was a hard choice between the last four. And the other thing too is you guys don't have to do this, but I am setting the standard for myself. I am not including any of the other films that we have meant that I have mentioned in these other categories. So. If I were to honestly rank my favorite film, Spider-Man would be in this list as well. But I'm excluding these others because we've already talked about them. I'm in only including films that have not yet been mentioned. Okay. Well, I'm um. exclusively only mentioning movies I've already mentioned. So this <laughs> okay. is well, also really fair. Boring. Yes. <laughs> Mine's half and half. Um, 
Oh, well, there we go. Get a nice little medium. So this is definitely, you know, we have a scientific method here. The Academy approves of how we come up with these. Don't question it. Thanks, Academy. Anyways. Yeah. uh, Well, then I'll list my my number four and my number three right off the bat. Um, My number four is The Last Duel, which I did not see in the theaters or anything. I watched it months after it came out, not expecting much. I was really taken and surprised by how much I like this film. It's I was expecting somewhat of a very somber, slow, chamber piece drama. I vaguely knew it was about, but it's like this epic, like, you know, melodrama about these, you know, it's a Rashomon style story of different perspectives, but it's also like medieval battles. There's giant medieval battles that are just like swords and shields and people beating each other up and i'm totally into medieval fantasy stuff obviously um but the performances were great ben affleck notwithstanding uh <laughs> and i don't dislike ben affleck but he's not a good part of this film um but the rest of the film is also just like it's it's also very much about modern themes and topics if you're vaguely aware of what it's about it's based on the true story but it's also just really well done i love adam driver he's one of my favorite modern actors uh um matt damon is really good at it the main woman i wish i remember her name i'm awful person for not remembering her name something comey i think anyways um and it's about french medieval lords just like dueling it out and dumb idiot the world is awful and it's awful for women even more so and it was i really liked it i I was really a fan of this film so that was my number four and my number three is pig which is one of the few Nicolas Cage movies that were good that came out that was good this year and I mentioned it on cast on the chunk fire earlier but yeah a pleasant surprise really poignant really just just a great film a lovely lovely film oh, I want to put so. a number three on my list okay okay and this is not going to seem intuitive or logical at all um, that's because I ranked another movie higher than this in another category <laughs> <laughs> which isn't on this list um, and I stand by that. Here's my argument for it. My number three is Encanto. And even though I ranked Mitchell's versus the Machines higher that Mm -hmm. in the animated category, I think overall significantly, like as far as cultural significance, as far as the meta goes, I think Encanto is a bigger movie. I think it's a more important movie. And Mm -hmm. I think it like it's I, I think that it speaks to so many people from different cultural backgrounds and also people with trauma and all these different things. And the themes that you mentioned, which was a running theme in our podcast mm-hmm. about how you are enough anti-hero worship, all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. that we've talked about, I think it deserves to be up there. So I'm going to put it as my number three. Um, Love it. Yes. Even though I'm still giving... <laughs> Mitchell's versus the machines yeah. the the number, number one, one for animated because I do think it deserves the number one award because of how much joy it brought me and how unexpected it was in the animation world it came out of nowhere and it just blindsided me so I support this decision okay thank you love it or hate it I don't care <laughs> all right um Ryan said you didn't have a number three I did not Okay. okay, well, why don't you lead us off with the number twos? Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I watched tons of movies this year. And all the other categories, I decided to just go with just go with my gut and just say, you know, if I just felt two was enough, then that's that's just what I went with, you know? I didn't want to sure. force a third one yeah. in there. Anyway, uh, so yeah, number two is uh, Spider-Man. Okay. 
Spider-Man. Yeah, cool. yeah. Spider-Man. It, it would is. also, like I said, if it, if I wasn't setting this arbitrary rule upon myself, it would definitely be in my top films of the year. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but since I am setting this arbitrary rule for myself, my number two is In the Heights. Um, I saw this movie nice. in the theaters more than any other film this year. And as someone who doesn't have necessarily a strong opinion, good or bad, about musicals in general, it blew me away. I just fell in love with it. Um, I couldn't get enough of it. It was so much fun. It, the music was great. The vibe, the everything about it was just a blast of fun in the middle of the summer while still being emotional and, and poignant and and even though I haven't seen the original live stage play, from what I gather, it is a potential improvement upon the original. So, um, I yeah, I, I am a huge fan of this film, and so it's my number two. Okay. Cool. Thanks. It's also my number two. Woo! Nice. Yep, nice. there you go. And for most of the reasons that you said. Um, and you know what? I didn't take to it immediately. Um, but I watched it a second time and it clicked and I've watched it again since then. And it's, it's excellent. It is yeah. also a crime that it's not up for best picture. Yeah. That's the, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, it really, I, I, yeah. yeah it's, it's a bummer. Um, I almost listed, there were so many moments from this film, but also I also almost listed the, uh, the 96,000 for as one of my favorite moments of the film of the year, right. just like that number. I mean, all the numbers are great, but that number just like, also is just like, God, it's, it's uncanny. It's unworldly. Anyways. That number, that number, blew me away yeah. in the live show, mm-hmm. and I didn't think that I would be able to feel that same hit in yeah. a movie. I didn't think they would be able to top it, and I think that they did. Like they got yeah. everything oh. I loved, everything I loved about the live version, and then some with that that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and d- yeah, there just you go. to clarify for the listeners, when you're saying the number, you're referring to the song. Not, not, not the, the actual number because that 96, took me a while. is my favorite number i was like wow <laughs> you guys numbers. really like ninety six thousand. like that's like your favorite number <laughs> just of all the numbers it's in one of my top three numbers what can i say uh good, yeah good times yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. all right ryan uh well yes yeah. my number one is drive my car there, nice there, there yeah. you have it good. um yeah I, I love that pick. Um, it would also be in my tops if I didn't have this rule that society imposed upon me. Um, but my number one is The Green Knight. Um, I, again, I mentioned, I think, on a chunk fire. But uh, it is kind of, in a lot of ways, encapsulates a lot of my feelings and a lot of our discussions we've had throughout this year, specifically about hero worship. It really just deconstructs the hero myth um it's beautiful it's it's my type of film in that it's somewhat pretentious it's an indie film that is like you know speaking in metaphors a little bit but it's also just like a fantasy in like the most dark fantasy sense it's 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 evocative it's weird it's disturbing it's episodic it's funny in weird ways um I just love it so much. I watched it again a little while ago just to see if it stood up because I hadn't seen it since I originally saw it, whatever. And it, I liked it even more. I got more out of it. I think it it just says so much. Um, and uh, yeah, Green Knight. Fantastic. Love it. Great. 
Oh, I guess I get the final word here, yeah? Mm-hmm. All right, well, great. Then I'm inventing a new category. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, given what we are and who we are and what we do and what we talk about and what we're about and just the general themes of our everythingness, my number one is Spider-Man, and I'm awarding it the yes. Chunky Best in Show. There you go. I love it. I it is, support this decision as well. It is, yes. it is, it is, you know, of all the things that came out, there was a lot of great stuff that we talked about today, and especially in our Oscar picks and our favorite movie picks, but it, you know, it, I think, I think given the spirit of After the Credits of Young Chuck's podcast, how much we talk about Marvel, how, how much that movie meant to us, how culturally significant it was, how it was the first movie that really drew people back to theaters after COVID. Um, it was Spider-Man, something that's universally loved and brought yeah. different generations together and made movies that we already loved and made them better. Yeah. And just, yeah, it, I, there are yeah. probably, there are probably, be there are better movies that were made in 2021, but I think that this one, this one gets the chunky. It gets the best in yes. show chunky, which I have invented, and now it's a thing. <laughs> now and we have to keep it up. And yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home is the first official recipient. I'm glad recipient. this is the first recipient. It's a Yeah, it's a yeah, perfect it's first worthy. recipient of it. Uh, it's, and, it uh, it's funny you mentioned that, too, uh, like the, the kind of obviously nostalgia stuff that is influencing our love of it. And that doesn't diminish that. I don't think that, you know, necessarily, you know, counts it out but ryan and i actually watched it you know a couple days ago recently um with our with our parents and i was just you know how i mentioned the favorite moments being my the third act and the spider-man's interacting and i was just like really like thinking like why do i love this so much why is this so satisfying and just so joyous it's just andrew garfield talking to toby mcguire talking to tom holland like what is right. like why like they're just actors on a screen if i want to go watch andrew garfield i could go watch the other spider-man films like why is it specifically that this is so you know you can't even articulate why it is and i and i and i I was just kind of speculating, and I think part of it, maybe, is that we're so we we want to be validated, right? We want everything that we care about to matter, and by incorporating them all into this singular thing, it somehow like validates all of our silly thoughts as viewers and individuals. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching here, but I don't know. I think there's some value to this. Like, yeah, everything matters. Your your emotions about this silly thing, your thoughts about this dumb thing. It, it's validating all that and there's something very powerful about that yep and i'm gonna add i'm gonna lump on top of this pile of positivity and bring and and bookend uh, a, another running theme from after the credits 2021 um me watching through the entire mcu with my <laughs> yes, mother-in-law yes. uh -huh. um which by the way we just caught up oh, just a gosh. few weeks ago wow. we watched we watched the uh we watched the um the net the disney plus shows out of order so the only thing that we had mm. left to watch was um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. I don't know how that's what we ended up with the last thing, but <laughs> we we only just we only just finished it just a few weeks ago, and so and that hap that was that's news as of the last time we recorded. So until um, Moon Knight drops, we are completely caught up. Nice, but well um, she did not have any nostalgia for the other two previous Spider-Man iterations. Mm -hmm. She had seen. 
the first two movies in kind of a, I got to take my kids to see these movies sense and didn't really remember much about the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man one and two had never seen the Andrew Garfield movies. And after watching no way home, she, she said, I can't wait to see this movie again. That's awesome. So divorce, so 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 divorce your nostalgia from it and at least with this scenario it still holds up it's still a very she said i i you know i don't have attachments to these other spider-man but i get the point and i get Mm -hmm. what they're doing and i appreciate it and so i think even on that level it can work for certain people so i think i think you i think there's power in that as well so to hear it that's great spider-man no way home wins our first ever best in show award it, it was my favorite movie of the year and you know what i don't even think that we need to have a best in show every year i think that only if it calls for it you're right i think That's if it calls one. for it but i think i'm glad that we all unanimously agree that this is a situation that calls for it so oh yeah there you go sean you didn't have to put it you, you could you could adhere to your silly rules of favorite movies by not repeating any and it nice. still made it in there perfect there you go. Love it's it. represented, and that, folks, that is the that is the 2021 year in review, or as we like to call it, the Chunky Awards. Well done, everyone. Yeah, good. Congratulate good ourselves. Thank you, yes. thank you, listeners. However many of you are there are left. Thank you for, thank you for listening. Our writers, our frequent writers. Um, by the way, to those of you yes. who are frequent writers, we have we're sitting on some of your emails, and we will address them in the near future. So don't worry, don't fret. Yes. You have not been forgotten about. Um, and uh, well, there you go. I just feel really good yeah. about that. All yeah, it's been, I mean, yeah. It's, it was fun. That was, it was really it's, good. It's, Revisit twenty twenty one. Fun yeah. to be back on the mic after a couple months of of absence and. Um, and don't you all think we're not going to talk about the Batman? Yep. Because we are yeah. certainly going to talk about the Batman, yeah. probably sooner than later. Um, exactly. Now that we're know, back, it's you know exactly we're, doors open. We're, yeah. we're back, and you know what comes after? You know what's coming up soon? <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> oh, I know what you're going to say. It's my it's my pick for best in show of 2022. <laughs> it's already being called so- <laughs> Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog two. 2. Yes, yes uh, that's coming right. That's right around the corner. Just a few yep. weeks. So uh, yeah, so- there's a lot of stuff in May, April too. I think Morbius is a potential talk. Doctor Strange is not too far off either. You know, there's yep. there's plenty yep. of stuff coming up down the pipe. Moon Knight, um, if we want to do a Moon Knight episode, so. Moon Knight's coming soon. Later this year, I'm gonna be getting on a jet and jetting off to Europe for a while. So Ooh. we might have some. We might Ryan's have some doing oppor- the same thing. Yeah, well, we we might have some uh, some opportunities for some guest hosts. <gasps> if you're if you're listening, yes. that might yes. be you. Exactly. Who, who knows? I don't. So, um, <laughs> all right. I think I think we can wrap this up. Does anybody have anything else to add to this joyous occasion? Um, after party. On Hollywood and Vine, everyone bring your chunkies in the gift baskets. Get free gift cards to Applebee's in the oh. gift baskets. Oh, that's never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anthony Hopkins again couldn't be here to accept his award, so <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna mail him his Applebee's yes. gift card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um yeah well welcome to 2022 everyone stay tuned it's gonna be a fun year thanks for listening
All right. Hit the music. Take it away. I don't know why it's the I love me, Lucy music, but it is. Uh, we never talked about being the Ricardos. Oh, that also, yeah. Yeah. I'm not giving it a chunky. I'm just going to say that was pretty good. All yeah, right. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was all, right. all right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This has been After the Credits, a Young Chunks podcast. Yeah, I beat Odyssey in like a week. It's like that's what destroyed that. Did you do nothing else during that week? There was a night where, for whatever reason, I couldn't sleep. Like I, I went to bed for like an hour. Like I fell asleep, woke up, and I was like, I can't go back to sleep. It's like, well, guess I'm playing Odyssey. So I played. Until I had to go to work. I was well, I was playing that. That was one of the first games I played on the Switch. I was playing that when I was holed up in the hospital. Um, and uh, I, I remember that was uh, um, when I was in mm-hmm. yeah. a physical therapy at the second hospital. Which, by the way, they're demolishing right now. I see it on my drive to work every day. And it's every oh, ev- every day they've, they've torn another piece off the building. But anyway, I digress. Um, Jeez. We're on a pee break. This is not going into the episode. <laughs> that's fine um but um anyway yeah uh after all the other people in the hospital went to bed at like seven o'clock we we would take the rec room and set up the switch on the big screen tv um and i remember there were nights where like charlie and micah would come and jose would come visit and we would just play odyssey all night and like you, I, we just kept finding more game I think it's a oh yeah well i mean they gave they gave us every possible star we could ever possibly <laughs> ever do like there's no that, that's what i was telling sean like there's they're done making 3d mario games they they've done everything they possibly <laughs> can do in a mario game they, it's done they're done well that's why that that's why i like that you know bowser's fury is like a, an open world they, they have, like they have to completely reinvent mario now it, no exactly they they took the the normal or not normal but the the string of games that was like the the Mario Deluxe and the 3D world, and they said, okay, well, let's take that, and then just make that open world, but we'll keep it really contained so it still feels like the um, quote unquote classic yeah. style. Right, but uh, yeah, they're gonna have to do open world, like truly open world next, to be mm-hmm. able to top Odyssey because Odyssey was uh, incredible. Just oh my god, I, I just I I. <laughs> I just don't know what else they can freaking do. Like it, because I mean, just those last world, right? That moon world and the dark moon world, like those, yeah. is like, yeah, here you go, gamer. This is the ultimate Mario challenge. Here it is presented for you. There's nothing more we can challenge you with. This is the end of Mario. <laughs> yes, you've reached the end of all of yeah, time exactly. and space. All right, yeah, yeah exactly. All right, with less. Oh, but by sorry, the way, I'm back now. I didn't really get a chance to say just that Toad game, that Captain Toad game. Yeah, mm, mwah, mwah. I've been playing. Yeah, it. I've been playing that. Right, I'm, I'm, I don't know so, how long it, it is, but I've it's been, it, been like, it is 
way longer than you think it's going to be. They crammed oh, really? so much yeah. game into that. And it's funny because it's like, it's Captain Toad. Like, who? What? Captain Toad? Where did you <laughs> get this game? Like, Yeah, what a, what a surprise. Yeah. What a delightful little... Uh, it, it, I, I played a little it, bit of it. It's well. It's funny because I I realized in Mario Galaxy and like he that's where I think that's his first appearance. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like there's just some random star. Like you know you're going around yeah. getting stars and one you you just randomly open some chest right because you open chest to get stars all the time. But instead of a star, Captain Toad pops out <laughs> and I just start laughing hysterically. Like and then all he does is just give you the star. That's all <laughs> he does. Like it just is so hilarious. And then it's it just it, I don't know just like the idea that this ta- Captain Toad becomes like this insane hero. Cap- he's the best of us, Captain. Yeah. Toad. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes. He's the, he's truly the Captain America he's the hero of the Mario we deserve. franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, we can get back to the cast. Yes. Podcast. Yes.